The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So um, the happy hour is a time where we practice things like a loving-kindness meditation um, and compassion, and hopefully we'll lift our spirits a little bit by doing that. Um, I think it's a lovely way to actually begin one's practice, either either when you're sitting in meditation and just starting to meditate, or if you're just new to, to mindfulness and to meditation. So I do think that um, it's, it's really beneficial for us to have a, um, a kindness about our practice. Um, mindfulness in and of itself is a clear seeing of what is. And um, sometimes when we see clearly what is, it's hard because what we're seeing is painful. And unless we have something to hold that with, some kindness, some compassion, then it's a little bit hard to bear. And we can wonder, why are we doing this sometimes? Especially if, if things are uh, being revealed that are a little uncomfortable for us. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that, um, that happened with me is that Come on in. We have a chair here. Welcome. Um, is that I started practicing for about, I was practicing for a year, and I thought, oh, this is lovely. I'm just getting really calm. And then all of a sudden, all kinds of things started bubbling up that I had kind of kind of pushed down, and I wasn't prepared for that. And so I think um, being able to bring loving kindness and compassion into your practice, if that should happen, I don't want to frighten anybody off or anything, but it's actually a positive thing when this occurs. Um, so now, then you'll have some, some tools to, to work with it when it comes up. So um, I'm going to just start by leading a guided meditation for a short period of time. Um, so is there anyone who's totally new to meditation here? Everybody's done a little bit of meditation? Okay. All right, so go ahead and get yourself a little comfortable. And I'm going to start by ringing the bell. So let's begin by just taking a nice deep breath in through the nose. And a long, slow out breath through the mouth. And when you're ready, taking another deep breath in through the nose. Long, slow out breath through the mouth. And one more time, deep breath in through the nose. And a long, slow out breath through the mouth. Just begin to breathe normally. Just notice how the air comes through your nostrils. You may notice that it feels a little cool as it comes in. 
comes up and disappears on the way back out. (coughs) Just keeping our attention at the tip of the nose for a few breaths, just noticing the air as it changes temperature. begin to notice the chest with each in-breath how the chest expands (coughs) and contracts with each out-breath just placing your awareness on the expansion and contraction in the chest that you might just become aware of whether or not your breathing is shallow or maybe it's deep somewhere in between and we can notice if it's Long or short, each breath. And if you do feel that your breath maybe is just in the upper part of your chest, maybe a little shallow, I invite you to just relax your ab muscles. See if you can let your belly relax. And bring your breath all the way down into your belly. You might notice then that your whole torso expands a little bit with each in-breath. From your chest down to your belly. It's okay, too, if that doesn't happen, just noticing. And just feeling the chair supporting you under your sit bones. Feeling the support of the floor underneath your feet. And then just becoming aware of the earth below the floor.
Just feeling that connection with the earth. Now that lovely gravity that holds us to the earth keeps us connected. Noticing how your breathing is very can be very soothing, the expansion and contraction. It's almost like a little massage. Just allowing ourselves to be soothed by our breath. We might even feel some tenderness or appreciation for this breath. Even when we don't think about it, it's always there for us. Our lifelong companion. feel inclined, you might just place a hand on your heart. This is a reminder to bring some kind attention to our experience. Just cultivating a loving, connected presence to our experience. And just noticing how your hand might feel warm on your body, or your body might feel warm under your hand. Noticing if there's any feeling of comfort this may bring. Maybe sending some metta, some loving kindness, your hand to your heart. doesn't feel soothing, that's all right too. Whatever your experience is, just holding it with tenderness and compassion.
And if you notice there might be any unease or tension in your mind or your body, just allowing it to be there. Just maybe giving it a little more space. Maybe taking a deeper breath into that area of your body and just creating some more space for it to be there. Taking another deeper breath in and out. to bring a little, maybe a little affection to your awareness of your breathing. Did that feel comforting, soothing, helpful? Okay, I'm seeing a few nods. (laughs) And if it didn't, it's okay too. Mindfulness is just about noticing what's here We don't have to make anything happen. We can just hold it with um, kind attention. So um, for those of you who came in a little bit later, I'm Hillary, and I am um, filling in for Nikki, and Diana's away on retreat, and so there will be several of us perhaps that will be rotating in and out, so I'm really happy to be with you tonight. Um, I am a mindful self-compassion teacher, and so um, that is what I uh, love to bring into the practice. I find that it's very helpful, as I was saying earlier, that mindfulness sometimes um, is, uh, is wonderful because it brings clarity about what is, And sometimes what is, is painful. And so having some loving kindness and some compassion practice to hold that, I find to be very helpful. I I like to think of it as the bridge over troubled waters. So the mindfulness, you know, sees all the stuff that's there in the water and might be a little scary, some sharks in there or something. And then the mindful self-compassion helps us, the self-compassion helps us to bridge that, to be able to, to hold it. So um, I'm going to ask, invite us to reflect on how, um, first of all, how we might treat a friend when they're having a difficult time. And so um, I just to get in touch with that, that kind voice that might be inside of you that already is there. So if you want to 
close your eyes and call to mind a recent time when maybe someone that's close to you, a friend, um, perhaps maybe somebody in your family, um, when they were having a difficult time, perhaps they were suffering in some way. Maybe they had a misfortune or failed at something or in some way felt inadequate. So I'm going to give you just a moment to think about a time that you can recall when a friend maybe came to you with some suffering. Maybe they were looking for some empathy or compassion or wisdom. They were needing something. And if something has come to mind, a situation where someone came to you needing a little comfort, Do you recall what you might have said to them? What might you have offered them when they came seeking some comfort? And what tone of voice might you have used? There's not a specific instance. Just generally, how do you respond when someone is looking for some comfort? And you might notice how that feels in your body. Do you feel any feeling of contraction? Do you feel any expansion? Where might you feel that? It's in your chest, somewhere else. So letting go of that recollection, recall a time when you were suffering in some way. Some some misfortune, some failure or feeling of inadequacy. What did you say to yourself? And in what tone of voice did you say it? 
And again, if you can't think of a particular instance, perhaps there's a general feeling of what you say to yourself and the tone. And again, noticing where you might be feeling that in your body. Noticing if it's expansive or contracts you. So go ahead and open your eyes. So were you able to get a general feeling for how you might respond to someone else versus how you responded to yourself? No? Yes? <laughs> Nod your head one <laughs> Um, how many of you felt that you were kinder to another than you were to yourself? Just raise your hand if that was true. Okay, so that's generally true. And the research shows that we are very good at being compassionate, kind to other people, and really, really bad at doing that for ourselves. And... Um, it, it, the, the statistic is actually 78% of people are, are much better at being compassionate towards others. So, um, and most of us are just raised that way. We're acculturated that way. We're, um, it's, we hear things like it's better to give than to receive or um, somehow that if we care about ourselves, we're being selfish or self-centered or something like that. Um, so, And self-sacrifice is really very um, highly rated, right? We, we just give and give and give. And a lot of times we give so much that we really deplete ourselves. There's not enough to go around. So um, what the research on mindful self-compassion has found is that when we are kind to ourselves, we are actually less depressed, we're less anxious, less stressed, that when we take care of ourselves, we have more to give others because we keep filling our own well and then we, we, can, we can give to others. We are actually more resilient. You know, there's a lot of talk about grit and, you know... <laughs> Uh, especially among kids, and um, they don't have enough grit these days, you know. And um, and so, you know, uh, this idea of mindful self-compassion, some people are a little bit, you know, uh, dubious about it. You know, maybe that's not what, what's needed. But in fact, it turns out that we are more generous. We have more... Um, to give others. We are less self-centered. And that um, we're actually more responsible for our actions um, and we're more likely to be able to take risks because we're not afraid to do that. We're not afraid to take risks and to be um, take responsibility because when we know that we will be kind to ourselves no matter what, 
then we can um, just be more open in the world. So um, what is self-compassion? I want to say what it is not, first of all. It's not self-pity, and it's not self-esteem. How many of us in this room actually went through the school system when there was some self-esteem program going on? Did any of your kids? I know my kids went through that. And it was really discredited. You know, and, and part of the, the problem was is that they were, the schools would tell the kids, oh, you're great, you're great, <laughs> no matter what they did, right? And what that did is that it actually, it just puffed people's egos up, and they were very fragile. Because then if they didn't do well ever, they just fell apart, right? So, in fact, um, self-esteem is very fragile, it's based on what others think of us, right? And um, it's very comparative. And so when we don't measure up, then we feel bad about ourselves. And when someone praises us, we feel great, and our egos, you know, go up, our self-esteem goes up, and then somebody criticizes us, and then goes crashing down, and so we're peak, you know, his peaks and valleys just crashing like a roller coaster up and down. Self-compassion, on the other hand, is really about self-appreciation. It's about, um, it's about really clearly seeing your own strengths and weaknesses and being very honest about that. Um, in a very caring way. And and it's about appreciating who we are as opposed to what we do, what our title is, how much money we make, what car we drive, our house. It's apart from any of those things. So self-compassion is this, it's like a, it's an anchor, it's a stabilizer that no matter what else is going on, it can be there for you. Um, so I can remember um, at one point Gil uh, gave a talk um, about how uh, we're not better than, we're not less than, we're not equal to anyone. And I was so incensed, you know, it was like, I have worked so hard to try to feel equal to other people. <laughs> like, don't take that from me. And, um, but but uh, the point I was making is that any of those things, including trying to decide whether we're equal to others, is really based on comparison. And each one of us is actually incredibly unique and very special. And so there's no comparison When we do compare ourselves, we can cause all kinds of suffering for ourselves. So the practice of mindful self-compassion has three components. The first is mindfulness, and that is really being aware of what's happening in the present moment for ourselves with acceptance, really with, without judgment. I was saying to somebody the other day, I really wish there was like one day a week when it was like non-judgment day. Wouldn't that be lovely? 
And and a day when not only were we not like worried about other people judging us or we're judging anybody else, but if judgments arise in ourselves, we wouldn't judge ourselves badly for that, right? <laughs> it's like if a judgment arises, like, oh, that hurts. I'm going to let that go, but but not berate ourselves for having the judgment. So, um, so mindfulness is really about noticing what's happening in the moment without judging ourselves, without being critical. It's not about ignoring or denying our experience. It is really about turning towards what's happening with compassion and and saying, this is actually a moment of suffering, right? If that's what's going on for us, this is hurting me right now. So most of the time, um, I think we're, we're mostly taught to suppress our feelings. Anger, anxiety, oh, sorry, um, fear, pain. Right? What are the things that you heard, you, maybe growing up, or that you hear even here now, about when you're feeling bad? What, what might you hear that's not helpful? Toughen up. Yeah, stop crying. You've got to pull yourself together. <laughs> what else? Get it together. Get it together. Right. Suck it up. Keep calm and carry on, right? <laughs> um, so I grew up feeling that way, too. Like, I just, um, I would say to myself, no matter what happened, I would just tell myself that, you know, just, just to suck it up. Um, and, and I would just deny the experience that I was having, ignore it, reject it. So um, not long ago, I was walking down the street, and there was a mom, and she was holding her little girl's hand, and her little girl tripped and fell and skinned her knee, and her little girl started crying. And what do you think the mother said right away? That was the second thing. Keep Exactly. You're okay, right? She looks in her eyes and says, you're okay, right? The little girl's like, not okay, right? But her mother's saying, you're okay. So we grow up with that, right? We, then, then we're become actually really uh, alienated from our own experience. Someone else is telling us how we're supposed to feel, so, so mindful self-compassion is really about acknowledging what is true in the moment. And if you're not okay, acknowledge that to yourself, right? I am so not okay right now, right? And, and that actually doesn't make us just fall apart. Because that's a big fear, right? You say that to yourself and you will just fall apart. It turns out, and I can tell you because I've been practicing for several years now, it actually really is helpful, right? It's actually very comforting to say, oh, this is what's happening for me. Turning towards it rather than pushing it away, rejecting it, because we're actually rejecting ourselves or a part of ourselves when we do that. 
So self-compassion, so compassion is the second part of this, and that is just treating ourselves as we would a friend, right? There's a teen uh, program, Mindful Self-Compassion, and it's called Making Friends with Yourself, right? How to be your own best friend, and it's, uh, some people say, oh, this is ridiculous. I, why should I have to come to a course, an eight-week course, to learn how to do this? Well, <laughs> because nobody taught us how to do this, right? Of course we need some help. Um, and so compassion is, is actively seeking to soothe and comfort, not to make something go away, right? We're not pushing it away. We're not rejecting it, saying no, I don't want to feel this way. It is just soothing because it feels comforting. So if, if you um, are tending to someone who is sick at home and they have the flu or something and you maybe stroke their arm or hold their hand or pat their head or something, do you do that to get rid of the flu? I mean, it might help, but no, you do it because it's soothing, it's comforting. So that's what we're doing for ourselves in the same way with with self-compassion. And then the third piece is the common humanity versus isolation. So oftentimes what we do when we're feeling bad, we just shut down, close off, and we isolate ourselves. And we feel worse. Right? It's, it's actually not helpful. Um, but, you know, uh, that there's a lot of conditioning that goes into that. I mean, if we, our experience has been that you go to someone else for comfort and you didn't get it. You got that, be quiet, stop that. Then we're just, that's what we know to do. So... With this common humanity, we begin to realize, we connect with the idea that as humans, we're all going to go through suffering. We may go through a specific, something specific to us, so that's, that's kind of unique. But even having said that, um, if it's happening to you, chances are it's happened to many, many, many other people. Um, I know when my mother passed away very suddenly from a heart attack, I felt so bereft. And I then I began to realize that in the world, at that very moment, there must be millions of other people who had lost their mother. And I could feel some sense of solidarity with them. But even though it was my feelings and my experience and my body and nobody else could actually feel that for me, I actually was feeling something that other people could completely relate to. So I want to just give us a felt sense of this because I've you know, i been talking and uh, saying a lot of words. So I want you just to close your eyes for a minute. And I want you to... Tighten your hands, your fists, make a couple fists, and, and make them really, really tight. I want you to hold it really tight. And I want you just to give me some words to describe. What does that feel like? 
I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Anger. Okay. Painful. Rigid. Closed. Stressful, tense. All right. So this is a metaphor for self-criticism or resisting our experience when we're just really shut down around it and tighten up or we're criticizing ourselves. Creates this constriction in the body. Okay, now open up your palms and turn them upward. What does that feel like? Liberating. Letting go. Vulnerable. What was that? Energy flowing. Comfortable. Receptive. Free. So this is a metaphor for mindfulness. This is what we mean when we talk about non-judgmental acceptance of the present moment experience, right, with our hands open. We're not clinging to something. We're not pushing it away. We're just holding it with our hands open. Now extend your palms out towards the center with your palms up. What does that feel like? Offering. Greeting. Greeting. Receiving. Receiving. Welcoming. Connected. Okay, so this is that common humanity piece. We're all in this together, right? We're all experiencing suffering and feeling isolated. Now go ahead and bring your arms across your chest. Kind of give yourself a little hug. What does that feel like? Warm? Comforting? Perhaps it feels safe. So this is the self-kindness, the self-compassion part of this practice, right? We do it because it's comforting and it's soothing. So go ahead and put your hands down. So there is actually... Um, a lot of uh, research that's been done on this. And it turns out that um, some of this has been done by Paul Gilbert, who created compassion-focused therapy. Um, And it turns out that when we receive criticism for someone else, when we are yelled at or berated or whatever, um, it activates our fight-flight-freeze response. Right? Fight, we get angry. Fight, we run away. Freeze, we just shut down, right? We're paralyzed. 
Um, and that's often what happens to us, is paralysis. This feeling of um, just not being able to deal with the situation. But it's actually a very, very active ex- response. It's almost like... Um, putting your foot, if you were in the car driving, putting one foot on the accelerator and one foot on the brake, right? You can imagine a lot of tension in the body when you're doing that. And we do that a lot. It's really stressful. It's hard on the body. So we have another part of our our, uh, nervous system, which is called the mammalian attachment system. And, uh, you know, as mammals, we were uh, evolved to seek comfort from others when we're afraid, when we're upset. That's not necessarily what happens to us as we're growing up, however, right? We might go to a caregiver and we might get uh, anger or we might get sent to our room or we might be abused or neglected. And so it doesn't feel safe in our own body to actually open up to receiving our own compassion or that of another. So the attachment system has three parts. One is a is warmth, physical warmth. The other is a soothing touch. And then just gentle vocalizations. These are the three components that help us. So when, if there's a child that comes to you, runs to you, that's afraid, that's upset, uh, generally what do we do? We give them a hug, right? We give them warmth. We, we give them kind words, Right? soothing touch. So in the same way, um, we, these systems operate when we are criticizing or comforting ourselves. So when we criticize ourselves, we're activating the fight, flight, freeze response. And then when we're comforting ourselves with self-compassion, we're activating that attachment system. So we're actually really benefiting from um, our own compassion. Not When I first started doing this, I, I was really kind of angry. Oops. I was feeling like, why do I have to do this for myself? <laughs> I want someone else to do this for me. And, um, and then I realized, well, it's not actually an either-or situation. You know, we're all human beings. We all want and need comfort and love from other people. But we can do this in addition. We can do this for ourselves when maybe we're not receiving the kindness and compassion that we want or need for someone else. So I'm going to invite us just to take a couple of minutes to um, see if we can find a soothing touch. So um, with our eyes closed, just inviting you to when I when I suggest that you place a hand on your cheek or somewhere, giving that a try with a just openness and just noticing what happens. There's no right or wrong. 
There's no... Um, there's no one way that, um, or one place, one soothing touch for everyone. So just noticing with mindfulness, what happens to you? Is there a feeling of kind of expansion or contraction? So just start by placing one hand on your cheek. And just noticing how you respond. And oftentimes there are body memories of things. So if you had a pleasant experience of this at some point, this might be comforting. On the other hand, if someone maybe might have slapped your face or something, this might not feel good to you. So just noticing. You might just cradle your face in your hands with both hands cupping your chin or your cheeks. And you will know if you are activating your attachment system, if you feel a long, deep sigh or outflow of breath. The relaxation response is actually beginning to be activated. So now just maybe take one hand and and place it on your shoulder. And if that doesn't feel helpful or supportive, just slide it down to your upper arm and just holding your upper arm. You might just take your hand and stroke your arm gently a few times. You might try the other arm and see how that feels. just crossing your arms and giving yourself a gentle squeeze maybe maybe that feels comforting maybe that feels constricting saying the Pledge of Allegiance or something. Just notice. Does that feel calming? Soothing? Is your body relaxing at all? hand there 
forward, placing your other hand on your belly, just somewhere around your belly button. This is my personal favorite. (laughs) Sometimes people just like to rub their chest a little bit, rub the belly a little bit. people um, like to just put a make a fist of their hand put their another hand over it right over their heart sometimes this can be helpful if one needs courage in the moment it can feel supportive Just holding your hands, maybe cupping one hand inside of the other. Or you might try interlacing your fingers. Sometimes people like to just take a thumb and kind of rub a circle on your palm. Just try rubbing your your uh, hands on the top of your thighs, just back and forth a little bit. Sometimes that can be quite grounding if you're feeling unsettled. And then I invite you to take your maybe one or two fingers and just put them on your lips. It's a very sensitive part of the body. Sometimes people find that very connecting. And if there's any other place you want to give a try while we all have our eyes closed... Sometimes people like to just kind of pat their head, stroke their hair. Just noticing when you might feel that relaxation response, that feeling of a long, slow out-breath. All right, and then going ahead and opening your eyes. So just by a show of hands, did, did everyone find some place that felt more soothing than another? Just raise your hand if you, you found that to be true. Okay. Well, that's wonderful. <laughs> it's unanimous. <laughs> um, so we, we only have five minutes, so I, um, I don't want to rush through this, but on the other hand, I do, I do want to give you this practice that you can take home with you.
called a self-compassion break. And uh, so it's uh, not a coffee break, but you could do it on, during your uh, coffee break time. But uh, So I'm going to invite you just to go ahead and close your eyes. And think of a situation in your life that is just a little difficult, that's causing you some stress. Not a huge amount of stress, or just a mild to moderate amount. And just noticing if you feel discomfort in your body when you recall this. Just noticing where you're feeling that in your body. And now saying to yourself, this is a moment of suffering. Or this is stressful. This hurts. I'm having a hard time. Whatever your words are that mean something to you, that feel right for you, just acknowledging the truth of this suffering. And just noticing how you feel when you acknowledge that to yourself. saying to yourself suffering is a part of life I'm not alone in this we're all in this together and I'm sure there are probably a lot of other people who are probably going through something like this Isolated and alone in my suffering. It's a something I share with others. And then placing a hand on your heart or wherever that was soothing for you, that place that you found that was most soothing. And just feeling the warmth of your hand. saying to yourself, may I be kind to myself. And feeling perhaps some flow of kindness from your hand to your body. there are some other words that might be much more meaningful for you personally may I know that I am enough may I be strong may I be safe just feeling into what it is that would be really supportive of you to hear right now Just 
noticing if may I, maybe that's not the right word. Maybe you might say, may you, may you be safe. Or you might want to use your name. Or just a simple word, safety, acceptance. Kindness. And if you're having a hard time finding the words, what would you say to a friend, your friend who comes to you seeking some comfort? What are the words you would say? You can offer those to yourself. And even if it's just a little bit of opening to receive that kindness, if you can just allow a little bit of that kindness in. noticing how that might be received in your body. There's any kind of expansion or maybe there's contraction. Just noticing, holding that with some compassion. taking a deep breath in. When you're ready, opening your eyes. So, just by a show of hands, how many of you felt that there was that was comforting to you to, to do that? Okay, and so there were some of you who didn't raise your hand, and that's totally okay. Um, This is a practice, and it's something that oftentimes can be very difficult for those of us who haven't been accustomed to receiving kindness, maybe from others or from ourselves. And so, um, as I mentioned last week, if it doesn't feel comforting, if it doesn't feel good, it doesn't mean that it may not be beneficial. It's kind of like when we go out into the cold and our hands and our feet get frozen and then we come back in and they really tingle as they warm up. It's just that we're not used to receiving this kindness. And so it doesn't may not feel really good positive or good at the the beginning, but it doesn't mean that it's not helpful for us or beneficial. And if we keep practicing, that tingling will start to go away and and a little warmth perhaps will start to arise. And over time, this will actually become second nature. 
We wouldn't have to think, oh, what, the st- what are th- the steps? What, are the- what did she say again? Step one, two, three, right? It will just become second nature. And um, I can testify that it's actually will be very ben- beneficial and very supportive no matter what, what ups and downs uh, you might be going through in your life. So thank you so much for coming. And I will be here for a few minutes if you have any questions or concerns or anything like that. So thank you.